You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, as usual, and today I am joined by Pastor Matt. Yeah, just me. Just And there was Pastor there was a little tinge of sadness in your voice right there. <laughs> today I'm joined by just Pastor Matt. <laughs> well, probably because we've been sitting here for the past hour recording <laughs> our um, Bible survey podcast, so yeah. you know, we just, <laughs> We're just keep powering on. Yeah, well, you know... I enjoy those. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. But by the last one, I was like, I need a drink. I'm like, this is like my mouth is getting dry. I'm, all right. I know. I could Or tell, maybe a different kind of drink. I don't I could tell by um, the amount of information that I had prepped for that by day, the last day of last of that week we were working on. Yeah. I had a lot less typed up. <laughs> I think I was like <laughs> you hitting a wall. getting done you know, just in that. It's too. fun though. <laughs> I, I am enjoying it and I've heard a lot of people comment that they've been following along yeah. and are finding it helpful and it's a way they can kind of track and understand a little bit and mm-hmm. um and remember the goal is just to to get used to and confident and comfortable being in the word because yep. you don't need us to understand God's word but sometimes it can be helpful to have that absolutely. and so absolutely um, I, we were actually we just started our small group on Sunday um and our teaching video for that week was basically like hey even if you you know, don't do X, Y, and Z or get X, Y, and Z out of this. At the very least, you're going to gain some comprehension because of the repetitive reading that we do mm-hmm. and, and the thing, the different things she has us do throughout the week. And so, gosh, if that's the only thing we gain, that's still a huge, huge gain. Yeah. And what, what version do you read out of? Um, typically NIV. I actually have come to... I like the ESV a lot better now, but um, this is where all my notes are. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I use the ESV when we do those verse by verse mm-hmm. when we have the little mm-hmm. black books that we use because that's what that is. Right. But I still and I the, the NIV is is um, what I've got in front of me right now. But my preference in just reading is still the NLT because yeah. it's just the most readable and understandable that there is. And so mm-hmm. you know, for pe- anybody that might be struggling, like I still think like the NLT yeah. is just. It's it's so readable, right? Yep. And and we shouldn't. I mean, yes, is there some complexity in language that helps and whatever? Yeah, but man, like that is so not something to get hung up on. When right. my goal is to be in the Word and to be and to know just God. starting to understand the Word, and yeah, grow in my relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I do go to the NLT a lot in that U version Bible app. Yep. If I come across something where I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> so yeah. NLT is really really helpful for that for me. I, there there was a meme that I saved. Um, it, which which really made me feel a little dirty. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, because that's just not a game I play. That's all. That's always what we want our pastor to right. say. Right. Um, but it was it was uh, so it, it was the different versions of the Bible, and so the Message Bible says, "Mama, I'm hungry." Oh yeah, I've seen that. The Amplified says, "Mummy, I am hungry, famished, starving." The NIV, "Mother, I am hungry." And the King James, henceforth, let it be known unto the birth giver that my belly consists of emptiness. <laughs> and I read that and I'm like, that's so true. Yes. That is so true. Yes. That's why I henceforth. don't read the King James version yes. of 
Like because unless you want to be silly, and le- well, for certain parts of the Bible. Yeah, it, it just it's it, it just you know it's great. Like Balaam and his donkey. <laughs> yeah, when King you James know it is absolutely appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that. There you go. Okay, so. So don't be sad that it's just me. We'll be okay. Yes, it'll be fine. Um, so judges, yeah. we are successfully two weeks in. Um, we covered... are we successful, or yeah. are we only two weeks in? We are Has it gone well? Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I think it's been good. I anytime we go through a book of the Bible that is something that we haven't really done as a congregation, I always get really excited about, especially if it's in the Old Testament, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think like we tend to kind of be scared of the Old Testament a little bit. And so... Um, Why do you I think, think it's that good. is? I don't, because it's hard. There's a lot of hard... Um, stories in the Old Testament that are just hard to understand the whys, I think. Um, You know, we talked about it when we were prepping for next week that we just, we don't get. Um, And so I think that's why it's helpful to have those helps. Yeah, well, and I think... God, how many times do you hear people say that it feels like God is a different God? Yeah. Old Testament to New Testament. Mm-hmm. When Now, we know the truth. We know that, that God is unchanging, mm-hmm. uh, that the triune God is who he is, right? And, and, and from beginning to end. But yet, some of the ways that he relates to people tends to be a little bit more... Um, we view it as harsh right. in the Old Testament. And there's so many things that we have to wrestle with. Like, why would God command the killing of people? Mm-hmm. Why would God say, destroy them all, women and children and everyone? Like, if somebody did that today, like if somebody not God did that, we would say, mm-hmm. well, that's genocide. That's, right. you know, it's atrocious. It's a war crime. So people would say, well, you know, why are we giving God an out or we misunderstand it or we don't get it. And, and so people, you, I think you're right. They do tend to just stay away from it. Yeah. And judges is one yeah. of those, right? Because it's battle after battle after battle. It's bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the thing that's interesting about judges is we all know judges, but we all know like the same two or three stories yeah. in Samson judges. Samson and Gideon. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's about it. Right. Oh, we know Samson. Oh, we know Gideon. Uh-huh. Um, and Gideon is, is good, is faithful and, you know, does a, you know, does exactly what God puts him there to do. And he doesn't necessarily end the best. Um, Samson is all over the place. We'll talk more <laughs> about those two guys next yes, time we please. podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but those are the stories we know, but the rest mm-hmm. of this intricate, intricate, like, like web that, that happens with Israel and God and, and the, the repetition and the redemption and the, and the judgment it just is all very important for us to grasp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, as we jumped into Judges, Pastor David did a great job, I, I thought, of kicking us off um, with the connection between the promise that God makes and the failure to conquer the land. Um, but I think to really understand it, we have to go back into Joshua um, and... and all the fun land allotments. And- yeah, yeah. Joshua, Joshua really is awesome to read at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like I love, but to the read. land allotments are so important. They're so critically. Well, yeah. that, isn't that true? That's true for so many. It's true for we were just talking the genealogies yes. and other things. Yeah. They're so important, and they they're part of God's word, and they're necessary. The yeah. But when you read them, you're like, oh, my, you know, my head hurts now. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so, in fact, I was just reading, this is a side note, but I was reading in my regular study today, I was reading in Genesis, and I was reading about all of the sons and tribes that came from Esau. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, I know this matters, Mm -hmm. but can I just skip ahead? (laughs) But no, I forced myself to read every word, but I don't know that I, yeah, oh. (laughs) Anyway, you go back to Joshua. Um, and they enter the land, and, and I, I love the way they conquer the land, right? And the way God orchestrates that. So basically, if you read Joshua, you wonder in Judges, well, wait a minute, I thought they did that in Joshua. Why Why are they still have unconquered things when we get to the book of Judges if Joshua went in and they conquered the land? But what happened is they conquered strongholds as an entire nation with Joshua as their commander, following God, they entered the land and starting with Jericho, they started conquering strongholds and kings, right? So they marched around the city, the the, the walls fell, and then they, they moved on to, to conquer another area. And then they had kings come together in an alliance to try to stop them and, and the Israelites defeated them. And so you have these things. And so what happens is the people haven't been driven out, but their kingdoms have been smashed. That's where Joshua says, Okay, now, Levi, you go up there. That's your spot. Mm-hmm. Like, Benjamin, that's your spot. And so they're supposed to just kind of go um, to where they are and, and finish the job, which makes it all the more frustrating. Um, it's frustrating because these people aren't even established nations really any longer. Like, like all of the strongholds have been defeated, Joshua did that, and now what they're supposed to do is individual tribes go and take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we see at the beginning of Judges that they just failed to do it. Yeah. And I thought Pastor David painted that great picture for us where he yeah. kind of just... Because that's a really important walked thing to us through. Yeah, as a foundation for yeah. this book. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it was something that was never supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is go back to how Joshua ends. Mm-hmm. What is it? Joshua has this big moment with the nation, right? He gathers all the leaders before him, and, and what's he say, right? Like, hey, you decide. You decide for yourselves which gods you're going to serve, right? You know that, right? It's uh, in his farewell to the leader, he renews the covenant um, and fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, mm-hmm. uh, worship um, God. If serving the Lord seems right to you, then serve him. If not, then serve the other gods that are surrounding you, but you choose mm-hmm. who you're going to... Like like Joshua knows he's about to end, and he knows the struggle that's going to come upon the people, and, and he's, he's begging them, pick God. Mm-hmm. And they say, we will, we'll pick God. Um, but then as we talked about, they just don't teach their children. Well, they don't follow as faithfully as they want to, as they mean to, right? They do the best they they will do, not the best they can do, and and everything falls apart for them. And it starts real fast, yeah, real fast. I, I you know I think that's why we we had the sermon. It's this isn't a series on parenting, um, raising a new generation, mm-hmm. but it's so clear what happens yeah. that one generation starts to compromise, yeah. and the next generation takes it a step further. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they? 
Why wouldn't they take it a step further? They've learned what's important from watching their parents. <laughs> I, I appreciated your text on Sunday. Um, I learned it from watching you. Yeah, that's all I kept thinking when you were yeah. saying, like, I don't even remember what you were saying. I don't know. I, like, leaned over to Scott, and I was like, I learned it by watching you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and but that's what happens, right? Um, but we're going to talk about this on Sunday, but do you notice who the first judge is? Othniel. Yeah, do you know who he is? Do I know who In he chapter is? three, we meet, we'll meet Othniel. Do you know um, what his story is? Um, well, he's got a really short story. He does have a short story, but... Not but, the shortest of all. But where does he come from? Um, let's see here. Who's his uncle? Caleb's younger brother, it says. It's Caleb, yeah. Oh, Othniel, son of Kenaz. Caleb's, Caleb's younger, younger brother. brother. So his uncle, so I love this, like, like <laughs> and Caleb, along with Joshua... Mm-hmm. is it's one of the reasons why the names matter, right? As we start walking through genealogies yeah. and lineages, we see Caleb is one that never compromised. Mm-hmm. Everybody else compromised except him and Joshua. Mm-hmm. Caleb never compromised. Caleb's like, no, we're going to take this land. It's ours. God gave it to us. Let's be faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else around him starts getting wonky, but not Caleb. That's why you guys were team Caleb, right? That's right. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb is, is, is strong, and, and, and you would venture to say Caleb's brother as well, right, who Caleb is over, because uh, Caleb's parents, they died in the wilderness, right? But Caleb and, and the younger generation, so you, would, you could kind of picture him caring for his brother and parenting mm-hmm. His, mm-hmm. his younger brother, and now his younger brother um, has seen Caleb. Everybody else compromised. They saw their parents and, and their, their, their older people compromised, but not Caleb. And so now we see the, the different generational impact that the first judge we read about is, is Caleb's nephew um, in that family line that said, no, 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 we won't budge. We're going to do it God's way. And so I, I, I love that even in the picture of these people that are unfaithful, that God still has a remnant. Mm-hmm. And God, and we see this, and he uses that language all throughout the prophets. We, we, use, we see that language in, in Revelation. Like God always has a remnant of people that are faithful to him, um, that he maintains, um, that, will, that he will empower to serve him, and he'll grow them from, he uses the analogy of a stump, right? Um, he'll grow them into this great thing. Uh, and we see it with Othniel. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of fun to, to notice his cool lineage. Yeah. So, but, but I think, you know, to start with judges, the, the key is just this idea that little bits of unfaithfulness will always cause bigger mm-hmm. areas of unfaith. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you think about your own life, um, the areas of disobedience that you think they're small and I've got them under control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how long is it before they own you? Right. How many yeah. people do we, we see like that? They're like, oh, it's just this little disobedience, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, but, but I've got it locked up. And then the next thing you know, it's full-blown alcoholism yep. or it's full-blown porn addiction yep. or um, I'm having an affair or I'm, 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 I'm broke and, and financially destitute or I'm started to, you know, have business issues because it just, it starts with some small thing that I think, Oh, well, no big deal. I've got it. And it always snowballs because when you play with sin, it will always, I mean, what's that silly analogy, right? It takes you further than you want to go and it gets you to stay longer than you intended to. 
mm-hmm. um, because that's what it does. Yeah. I think as we read a lot of the stories in the Old Testament, um, I think it's so easy for us to point, point fingers, fingers yeah. and be like, oh, they're so stupid. Why are they doing this again? But man, I want you to remember that when so, we talk about Samson, we are so prone to forget. <laughs> I know, but listen, Samson's his own kind of weird. So, <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We'll, we'll talk more about him. Um, but, but yeah, I think it, it is, it is interesting. That's one of the reasons why we keep framing this and we'll keep doing it throughout this series that yes, this is a picture of how, I mean, this is a story of how Israel abandons God and all of the things that come from that and God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to continue to woo them and save them and redeem yeah. them, even though they keep making the mistake. Yeah. Like this, this Sunday, we talk about how God gets us back, Yeah, how I God think that's brings us back. One of the reasons, I mean, also the gory stuff. But I think one of the main reasons why I love Judges so much is because it's it's a story of our salvation. Yeah. You know, God has moved to pity um, even in our unrepentance and, and still saves us. Well, like, it just... so and, and that's the thing, right? So this is, is a picture of Israel and what God does for them. But it's also a very clear allegory, right? Not to... This is true. It's historical. It's factual. It happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's a metaphor, but it's an allegory. We can look at our own lives as individuals and we can sure. see how God, not as a nation necessarily, right. but as an individual, how I get stuck in the same pattern of sin and God continues mm-hmm. to redeem me. And what that tells us for Israel and for us personally is that God saving me was never about me, mm-hmm. right? Because God saving Israel was never about Israel. When Israel refuses, like think of all the things he does for them. Think of all the things he does for them. He he takes them out of bondage in Egypt, right? He, he parts the Red Sea mm-hmm. so they can walk on dry land, and he closes it on Pharaoh's armies. Then he, he feeds them with manna from heaven, and he brings water from the ground from a rock, and, and he just provides for them. Um, he, he gives them grace when they rebel. Um, and, and then when they finally do enter the land, they do it by... by he blocks the Jordan River so water can't come. And, mm-hmm. and the whole battle plan against Jericho is march around the thing and yell a lot. <laughs> like, like what? Like, God has done all of these things, and yet they still are like, ooh, an yeah. Asherah pole. What's that? <laughs> Let me walk over there. Let me worship here. Oh, yeah. Baal. He looks interesting. <laughs> I wonder if he can do something better than our God can do, mm-hmm. even though we've seen our God do all the Like, there is nothing about that that God should be looking at them going, yeah, you know what? I still want you guys. Mm-hmm. He should be saying, forget it. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Like, But yet he continues to pursue, and there's nothing yeah. about them that makes them worthy of that. That's just God's character. And and when we say sometimes the God of the Old Testament feels different than the God of the New Testament, not here he doesn't, right? Just understand, like, the same God that pursues them, even though they don't deserve it, mm-hmm. is the same God that pursues us. Even when, though we don't deserve even it. Even though we don't deserve it. When we say, this is the best I can do, not the best I will do, but the best I can do. And I've said that before, not literally, mm-hmm. but with my actions, I've said, like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that was the point. I think I, I think I said this on Sunday. Sometimes it's all a blur. <laughs> but the idea that... Fo- well, I know. I, sometimes I see your slides that you didn't actually, like, 
walk through on Sunday mornings for time reasons. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's too bad. That was a really good slide. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I got to this one, so you can tell me, because um, I haven't gone back to listen yet. But but the idea that um, what happens is fully obeying God feels like overkill. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I think that's so true. Like we get stuck in that pattern. We're like, gosh, that feels like a lot. And, and God can't possibly expect that. Mm-hmm. When yeah, God mm-hmm. does expect Remember that. Remember Uzzah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you want to know Uzzah, you got to wait till next week when we yeah. get to like day two. I think <laughs> of the readings. We'll talk about Uzzah. But God does expect us to follow Him completely, mm-hmm. um, and and we don't. But yet He continues to love us and pursue us in spite of that. And uh, he did it for Israel, and he does it for us. And I, it's one of the reasons why this is such a great picture. Yep. Also, it's a real clear warning about what happens when we just do stupid. Because mm-hmm. it always goes further than we think it will. Yep, yep. So, so give us just a brief, like, where, where are we going for the rest yeah. of the series? Because I know, obviously, it's not a, a verse-by-verse sermon yep. series, and we can't possibly tackle every single... Um, judge and yeah. story. So, um, so what we're going to do is is we're going to cover the basic pattern. So this week we talk about how God brings us back. Mm-hmm. And in that we'll talk about the ways that God uses it. Because God never brings people back until they ask. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, he just orchestrates circumstances for them to say, God, we don't know what you're thinking. We need you. Yeah. And Desperate. then and I'm then desperate. he comes back in. And so so that's what happens. And so when they're desperate, so we'll talk a little bit about how he brings people to desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's actually a gift of his grace, mm-hmm. not a not a a harshness yeah. of God, but it's a gift. Yep. Similar to prodigal son, we see that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a picture of the judges in an individual right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about some of the judges that we know well. But we'll just briefly touch on them, and we'll talk about some of the judges we don't know well. And what we'll talk about with those judges is the different patterns that God uses. And the idea is several things. One, how he uses broken people, right, mm-hmm. and, and unexpected people. We're going to read about JL and tent pegs and mm-hmm. um, different fun things. We'll read about Samson and try to make some sense of what that is. We'll talk a lot about him in a podcast coming up, but we're going to talk about the judges. But th- but then we're going to get to, after we talk judges, we're going to talk what is the reality of everybody living um, in a way that is right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And what happens when there is no moral authority? Mm-hmm. And what happens when we are our own moral authority? We'll talk about Levites and concubines. And we'll talk about family priests and some weird stories there. And and we're not going to talk about those just for sensation, right? Because they're, they're weird. The, the Benjamites following yes. the... Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. and, and they are weird, but we're not talking about them because they're weird. But we're talking about them, and we'll see as we unpack these these narratives, these stories, that this is, this is the logical conclusion to a world and a nation and a reality where we are our own authority. Because when we are our own authority and do whatever is right in our own eyes, here's what we have to understand. We will ultimately be following Satan. Because there are two kingdoms at play, 
right? And we're either, Jesus says this, right? Who's, if you're not with me, you're against me. And it's not like a, it's not a bully threat. Like I, I picture like um, middle school girls saying like, well, if you're not on my side, you're you're my enemy. I'm like, well, that's just dumb, right? But this is Jesus, the God of the universe, basically saying, look, if, if you're not following me, you're following the God of this world. And the small G God of this world is the devil. And, and so what we see is that very quickly, uh, when we start to do what's right in our own eyes, we think we're doing good, and instead, we're doing evil, right? But the weird thing is, it actually feels right to us. So we would look at, at what we did, even the result, and we would say, well, that was the best we could do. That was good. Mm-hmm. But no, it wasn't good. And so we're going to we're going to see how that all unfolds with some of these weird things that happen where people are justified for clearly doing wrong. So, it'll it'll be interesting. And if people don't know the story of the judges, some of those might feel shocking. Mm-hmm. Um but um for those that know, um they they kind of get a picture of where we're going and yep. it it gets graphic. Yep. Yes. <laughs> good times, good times. All right. Well, I am looking forward to the rest of the series yeah. and looking forward to maybe digging into um, some of the stories that we don't get to tackle yeah. on Sundays here on the podcast. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Oh, and can I just real quick? Yes. Um, one more plug mm-hmm. to listen to Welcome to the Judges. Oh, yeah. By the Apologetics. Yes. Watch the Lego video. Yes. Um, because then you'll if get I a think, real. If I remember, I'll add a link. You'll get a real clear picture of some of these stories because you'll see <laughs> it play out. I feel like I, it's been a while since I watched it. I need. Yeah, to you do. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sean and David hate it. Yeah, but it is so awesome. Fun haters. It's so awesome. Yes. So anyway, yeah, check that out. <laughs> All right. <laughs>